Amazing Blue Nation, it's Tom Brady. I co-founded Autograph with one mission in mind, change the fan experience for the better. That's why I'm excited to announce the release of a new app that recognizes the biggest Michigan fans. The Autograph fandom app gives you access to the best Michigan content, fan challenges, and exclusive rewards for diehard Wolverines, all for doing the things you already do, like listening to this podcast. Head over to the Apple App Store and search for Autograph Rewarding Fans and download today. Hey, just like my good buddy Tom Brady just said, download the app Autograph Rewarding Fans. Use my code MFRANT and start getting rewarded today. All right, go blue. Hey, hey, Michigan Maniacs, this is the Michigan Football Rant, and I am your host, Adam Brewer. This is the Big Game Pre-Game Maryland. Man, can you believe it, guys? It is already, what, the 11th game of the season? I mean, we are now officially two weeks away from the regular season being finished. And for months, all we could think about is just the beginning of the year. I mean, or the beginning of the season. It's amazing. Uh, So let's really get into this. I mean, let's not, uh, let's touch on some of the things that happened Just this last week. And I mean, this was a huge week for us. One, we completely dominated another team. And not just any other team. We dominated a top 10 team and probably what a top 5 defense in the nation. And I mean, that defense is for real. I don't care what you have to say about anything. And Michigan fans won't argue that point. That's a very good defense that we just beat. I mean, very good. Um, really exposed some stuff for us, which I think is paramount in the fact in helping us beat Ohio State. When you know when Michigan uh, finds out that their de- that their offensive tackles are trash, it's good to know that before we play Ohio State. It's also good to know that you can bring in two other big men to run seven man fronts on the def- on the offense and then just jam the ball right down a top level defense. And this also goes to prove to everyone and their mother who doesn't understand football that signs do not matter. They don't matter because Michigan proved it in what they did in that game. You didn't need to be a science-dealing genius to know that when they brought in that big heavy package, that they were going to ram it right down your throat. You knew it. Everybody knew it. it uh, people on TV knew it. People in the stands knew it. People who died 10 years earlier knew what we were going to do, and there was nothing Penn State could do. So if you if it was that obvious to know what we were going to do, what makes you think signs are that much more important? We were obvious about what we were going to do. We dared Penn State to stop us, and they couldn't do it. So tell me again how important signs are. And I'm getting sick and tired of hearing people who don't understand football try to tell us how important signs are and how cheating is so prevalent and how that it should be just be just uh wiped off the face of college football and how it's such a a competitive advantage when 
we did. We ba you basic. We basically told them, "Hey, by the way, for the next thirty-two plays, we're gonna jam it right down your fucking throat, and we dare you to stop us. We're giving you the sign, and Penn State couldn't stop it. So tell me again how important Connor Stallions is. Please tell me. Find a way." To make it make sense in your pea-sized brain that knowing the signal is going to make a fucking difference. Because it doesn't. Here's a real competitive advantage. When, say, Alabama has a car dealership that just gives recruits free cars. And not like jalopies. We're not talking about Yugos if you're old enough to know what a fuck the Yugo is. We're not talking about that. We're talking about Mercedes. We're talking about Benz. We're talking about high-class vehicles like that to get five-star talent to go from, say, maybe South Carolina to Alabama. You don't think South Carolina, you don't think that hurts South Carolina in the long run? Especially when we didn't have NIL or the transfer portal. Now, that's a real competitive advantage. Getting more five stars than everyone else to go to your school because you're paying them. That is a competitive advantage. Not knowing the sign isn't. Okay? Just isn't. And I get sick and tired of hearing morons like Stephen A. Smith. Now listen, Stephen A. Smith gets it somewhat right in basketball and somewhat right in the NFL. But he doesn't know a fucking thing about college football, so he should shut the fuck up about it. Oh, uh, these kids, these poor kids from uh, Penn State or o Ohio State and all that are getting their chance taken away. He acts as if no other team is stealing signs, and it's active ignorance is what it is because that means he didn't hear numerous NFL players that are on his show constantly that have told him that sign stealing is a thing and it doesn't mean a fucking thing. He's actively being ignorant, and that's the thing that pisses me off more than anything. I understand being ignorant about some stuff because there are some things I'm really just ignorant about, and it's just because I have not lived in that world and I don't understand it. But being actively ignorant is just a slap in the face and it's deliberate and that means you're pushing an agenda and it's upsetting. It is just upsetting. And Stephen A. Smith should shut the fuck up. Paul Feinbaum should shut the fuck up because they know they're being actively ignorant and going against a and they're supporting a narrative just to penalize a school solely based off of whatever ESPN does not like about Michigan. And more than likely, it's not Michigan, it's Jim Harbaugh. So now that I'm off my high horse on that, let's get into how impressive Michigan um, not even Michigan. How about Kenneth Grant? That mother effer. Holy crap. Dude, that's a competitive advantage. God-given talent. How about that? That dude is 340-something pounds. He's 6'5", 6'6", maybe 6'3". Who knows? He's 6'3 and above. 340 pounds. And he ran down the starting the starting running back for Penn State. I mean, let that sink in. That's amazing. So anyways, we have now beaten, and in my opinion, if you were going to compare resumes, 
right? If you're going to compare resumes, Ohio can go fuck itself because uh, they beat Penn State, which at the time was a great win, a gritty win. It goes to show the dominance of that Ohio offense and how they're getting back on track, right? But we beat the same team, let alone we lose our, our head coach 12 hours, right? 12 hours, less than 24 hours before the game at their place, and they have everything to lose and everything to gain. We face that team, and now that's not that's not a good win. The goalposts are, I mean, I've heard of moving goalposts, but they've literally took the goalposts and moved them to a baseball diamond with how far they've moved the goalposts on this one. It's ridiculous. Okay, I don't know how beating Penn State in your home stadium is a gritty, amazing win, proving that Kyle McCord is really the leader that they need. If I mean, if that's not pushing a narrative, I don't know what is. Then when we beat them in a much difficult, much more difficult situation, it's, ah, uh, well, is Penn State really good? I mean, they fired their offensive coordinator the next day. You know, I mean... Uh, James Franklin is a he's a perennial nine and ten game, you know, ten win uh, coach. I mean, I mean, look at that, Drew Aller. I mean, it's he's in his sophomore season. Is he really that good? This is all the baloney you heard after this game, which goes to show you it really is Michigan against everyone, and it's really Mich. It should be Michigan versus morons. Because that's really who we're up against, are the dumbest people in every fan base, every uh, major network, uh, like uh, reporters. If you are an absolute moron, it is Michigan against you. <laughs> it's it really is just amazing. But anyway, so now we play Maryland. Maryland, I'll be honest, Maryland's doing what Maryland does. They look great at the beginning of the season. Uh, they kind of hit the midpoint and they start to shake a little bit. And when it gets to November, they stink out loud. They 100% stink out loud. Because you can't compare the Maryland that started off in September to what we are currently watching now in November, late October. Right. Because, listen, they've gone on a one in in the last five games. They have gone one in four, one in four, mind you, barely beating Nebraska last week for their one win out of the last five weeks. And they didn't do it impressively. They won 13 to 10. Now, mind you, in that game, Maryland turned the ball over three times and Nebraska turned it over five. That's right, eight turnovers by two college football teams, and one of them had a head coach that said that we, pre, that we, the reason why they lost one of their games to Michigan was because we scouted them. He has the balls to stand there in front of 
people and say the reason why they lost the game was because we scouted them. Meanwhile, his team is losing 13 to 10 by giving up five fucking turnovers in a game. Five. And I mean, I think two weeks ago when they when they barely beat Purdue, they turned it over four times. So you're telling me within a three-week, I want to say three-week to two-week period, whatever, they've given up around nine to ten turnovers, and he has the balls to say that we beat him because we scouted him. We could have put fucking pencils in our eyes, gouged out our own eyes, pulled them out, I mean, gone through uh, amnesia and not even on what football was, and we could have beaten fucking Nebraska by 15 points. 15. We didn't need to fucking advance scout that awful team. He had the balls to do it. It's shocking to me. It is shocking how dumb and arrogant the majority of the coaches in the Big Ten are. It is mind-blowing. I mean, think about the arrogance it takes when you're Matt Rule to come down from the NFL and say advanced scouting was the downfall to one of your games when you know you give it up more than a two-cent whore on the corner, dog. Your team is the biggest hoe in the fucking Big Ten Conference, and you're telling me advanced scouting was the reason? You should be embarrassed to even call yourself a man, let alone a coach in the Big Ten. Give me a break. And then you have this other dude from Purdue. Walters, we have to teach our whole team a new language. What is that? Uh, the language of amour, of love, you moron. You, whatever language you were teaching them, you failed because they got blown the fuck out. It's unbelievable to me. It really just shocks me. Shocks me the level of arrogance and moronic baloney that I have seen in the Big Ten over just the last couple weeks. Anyways, I keep keep going on rants when I shouldn't, but let's get back to Maryland. So they stink, right? They really stink out loud. I mean, to give you an idea, they went one and four, like I said, in the last five games. They have, guess how many turnovers they have in the last five games? Twelve. They have 12 turnovers in the last five games. And not like they're going up against, like, juggernauts. They're not going up against the Alabamas of the world, right? They're going up against the last five games. They've gone up against the likes of Northwestern, Illinois, and Nebraska. And then throw in two with Ohio and Penn State, right? But 12 turnovers in five games, that is embarrassing. I mean, I guess uh, Gaddis is... Josh Gaddis is paying more attention to trying to hump all the recruits' mothers than he actually is trying to prove that he won the bro the Broyles Award like legitimately, um, because he is still awful. I can't believe at one point in time I was excited that we made that hire, but yet you know we've all made mistakes in our lives. Um, so the Milf Hunter is currently there. OC and he is stinking it up just like he did in uh, Miami. Does a lot of dumb, dumb plays for no reason whatsoever. I mean, when they were in, and I, I made this point way earlier in the season when Ohio uh, beat Maryland. I compared there was one play towards in the red zone that reminded me of a similar play when Michigan ran or when they played Ohio, and when JJ. 
basically took the ball. We all know when they were at like the five or maybe even the two yard line. And JJ basically just cut inside and took it himself in for a touchdown. And he did, you know, the scream and the fucking legs and all the whole thing, the celebration. And then when Maryland did it, to his little brother just ran it to the sideline like a pussy, just like what they teach in Maryland. And they didn't, and that kind of turned the game, right? And I think Mar- I think Tua's little brother is very good. He's very good until he gets pressured. And then you just don't know what you're going to get. Is he going to make the pass? Is he going to run? What is he going to do, right? Um, And that's going to be one of the keys to the game. But getting away from that, I mean, right now, I mean, Maryland is just in – I mean, they they have three really pretty decent wide receivers in Prather, um, Felton, and Jones. But what they do is they drop the ball a lot. And as you've seen, a lot of those are fumbles in that 12 turnovers. I think uh, Tua's little brother only has eight interceptions on the season. So out of those 12 turnovers throughout this throughout those that five that five game stretch, majority of it was fumbles. Um. They they just have an, the like they have an allergic reaction to catching the ball, so they drop a lot of easy catches for them. Not like two is putting it up there, and you're like Jesus. They really had to do something to catch that. Um, so that doesn't really scare me much. I because I really do believe that our our defensive backfield is just top notch at this point. So we should eliminate that. Um, or hell, let them catch the ball. They'll drop it anyways. What do we care? But um. Just there's so many things that's bad about Maryland right now. I mean, I'm looking over, I'm pouring over these notes, and it's just like, where's the good? I mean, it's really hard to find the good, to be quite honest. I mean, hell, even to his little brother, he has 2,700 yards passing, 22 touchdowns, only eight interceptions, which isn't bad, but he's been sacked 21 times. I mean, so their offensive line isn't great, right? So that allows him to have to get on the run. I mean, he's a decent passer on the run. I'm sure the stats may prove me wrong. But in my opinion, from what I've seen, he can throw the ball decently well when he's got to move. But he gets panicked. And just my that's what I would say my one dig on him is that I don't think he's very good when he has to move. Um, the running back, I mean, 515 yards rushing, four touchdowns. Hemby, yeah, I mean, not bad. Big boy. All three of them. All three of their running backs are big. I think it's Hemby and then Littleton and some other fucking dude. Who cares what his name is? But they do all right. I mean, they're not they're not world beaters. But if you don't pay attention to them, they'll they'll do they'll make some noise. But I'm not really worried about that because we got guys like Kenneth Grant who can actually probably outrun Hemby in a 40 yard dash. I'm not too worried about what they're going to do to us running wise. What I do worry about though is if Tua does have to move because what we what we proven in that game against Penn State is that we are still vulnerable to the mobile quarterback, right? Something that we had to deal with last year, something that we're still dealing with this dealing with this year. So if Tua does have to move, he's much faster than Aller is. So he could really cause a problem on his feet, gaining yards. I'm talking about like the third and eights, the third and sevens, that kind of shit. Third and long, that becomes a problem. So that's the one thing he could prolong Maryland drives that shouldn't be prolonged. That's the one thing that I worry about when it comes to this kid because he is that good with, with on his feet. 
But and I don't know if it's he's that good or we're just that bad at stopping a mobile quarterback. Um, so I'm not too you know that's the one thing if uh for the keys of the game basically would be you know to his little to his little brother we need to make him one dimensional and when we do we need to just make him no dimensional <laughs> at that point you know what I mean because I think we can stop him from passing the ball but then on the third and longs. We need to make sure he doesn't get out and make us – he doesn't hurt us. Because even last year when when they played as tough, uh, he he hurt us quite a bit on the move. And so did that big old white boy that they had that came in after he got hurt made us – hurt us a little bit while he was on the move. You know what I mean? So that's the one thing I will be paying attention to too. Um, I don't think Maryland's defense is very good. Right, so this could be a redemption for our, our offensive tackles, but from here on out, our offensive tackles are an absolute detriment to us. They're not positive. I'm not excited about it. It does worry me, especially when we start to when we play Ohio. That really is going to worry me. How are we going to handle that? But in this game, I think it's not going to be that big of a deal. I think JJ still goes off. I think. Uh, Maryland's going to have to pick on what they're going to try and stop us on. And I would assume they're going to do the dumb, obvious thing, which will be, oh, well, they had a great running game against Penn State, so let's go ahead and try and stop the run. And then J.J.'s just going to light them up in the air. I mean, watch Loveland have a great game. Uh, Wilson will probably have at least one touchdown. Shit like that. It's You know, J.J. will probably have about 250 passing, about three touchdowns, if Maryland goes to stop the run. Now, if Maryland, for some odd reason, decides to stop the pass, which I would be shocked that they would try and do that, <laughs> look for another probably really good game by Corum, another 120 to 140 yards rushing, you know, two or three touchdowns, that kind of thing, because he'll eat them up. I mean, I think Travion Henderson did a pretty good job against Maryland um, running the ball. Their rush defense is not great. It's 118th. Let's see. Rush defense is, oh, actually, they give up 118 yards per game, rush defense. I think it's 28th. Now, their pass off or their pass defense is 57th. So either way, whatever Michigan decides to do or whatever Maryland forces Michigan to do, we're going to be fine. I mean, if they try, try to take away the run, they stink at the pass. If they try and take away the pass, they stink at the run. So either way, we're in good hands. I'm not really that worried about it. Um, we have the best scoring offense and the best scoring defense. So even if we just go by the averages, we're going to blow this team out. I'm um, not really worried about that. Um, outside of like the – I would say that this is obviously a trap game. But with everything that Michigan, the players have gone through this season, when it comes to the three games Harbaugh was gone at the beginning of the year, losing Harbaugh – what 12 20 to 12 hours before their game against Penn State the biggest game to that point of the season also all this science stealing shit I mean I don't know if uh like uh trap games even exist for this team to be quite honest just because of all the shit they've gone through so I'm not too worried about that. I mean, I'm not worried. I'm really not worried even if Harbaugh doesn't make this game. As say something goes on with the hearing, which I believe is happening at 9 a.m. on Friday. Um, 
he should be on the sideline. He really should. I don't see why not, but you never know. Um, so even not, it's probably going to be uh, the third game this season that that uh, Sharon Moore is going to win as the head coach of Michigan. Which, by the way, <laughs> if Harbaugh ever moves on, I would love it if uh, if Sharon Moore was given the opportunity to be the next head coach at Michigan. I mean, you need somebody to continue on the tradition, the the culture, everything in that dude. After that post-game interview, when you can drop two F-bombs and a shit and then just be so into it, like, that's the guy, I think, going forward, and I'm pretty damn excited about it. Hopefully that happens if Harbaugh moves on. Granted, I want Harbaugh to stay as long as he possibly can, which is odd for me because in 2020, I would have told you to get the fuck out. I would never want to see Harbaugh again. So big change for me. Um, keys to the game, obviously. You know, Tua making him one-dimensional but being able to control whatever that dimension is. Exploiting, um, like I said, whatever Maryland decides to take away, we exploit the opposite. So if it's the run, we exploit the pass. If it's the pass, we exploit the run. Those are really just the two keys of the game that I really have thought about because I don't think there's anything else that Maryland can do to us. Um, oh, three, if I had to say anything, make your hands active when you're in the defensive line because Tua's little brother isn't the tallest kid in the world. So if you're not going to get to him on the pass rush, keep your eyes on him. And if he's getting ready to throw, get your arms up, get your hands up, jump up, do whatever you need to because maybe you can deflect the ball. And then maybe that turns into a turnover for us. As, as we've seen over the last five games, they've given up the ball 12 times. So why not continue that trend? You know, they're averaging about three three turnovers a game, three and a half turnovers a game. So, I mean, let's get in on that. Let's eat on that, right? Um. So, yeah, I, I think players of the game is probably going to be Mikey Samer still. That'd be awesome if he picks another one for six. That'd be sweet, actually. I think JJ, and I I know I said I'd never do this again, but I think Edwards probably has a chance, man, even if not as a running back, but out of the backfield or as a wide receiver, I think Edwards has a chance to really be make some noise this game. Um, I think f- the score is going to be 47 to 7. Now, would it shock me if we went 50, 55 to 7? No, but f- I'm going to say 40, 47 to 7. I think we win this one in an easy one and get ready for the big showdown against Ohio the week after. <laughs> Everything just just it keeps adding up to a great season. So guys, it really is great. <laughs> it is great to be a Michigan Wolverine. I mean, think about it. This this season has been hell, but this it's just it this is like a movie. It it's shaping up to be one of those just hopefully fairy tale stories that people will tell their children from for decades, you know, I mean, to where my grandkids will 100% be just annoyed that grandpa keeps telling them the same fucking story over and over again about Michigan football in 2023. So it is great to be a Michigan Wolverine and always and forever guys go blue. Hey guys, before we get into this episode, let's go ahead and do some housekeeping. Um, I am on all social media. I'm on Twitter, I'm on threads, I'm on YouTube, I'm on IG, and I'm on uh, fan, uh, Facebook fan page. You can find me under 
if you can't find me anywhere else, just look for the Michigan Football Rant. All right. I think on Instagram it's uh, Maniac Memes. On Twitter it's at Maniacs Podcast. But if all else fails, Michigan Football Rant. That's where you can find me, guys. Like, like, and subscribe. Support everything you possibly can. If you guys go to Spotify and or Apple Podcast, Apple Podcast, rate and review. Leave a review. Screenshot it. Send it to me, and I will then send you stickers and a wristband. I'm working on new stuff, uh, so I can send more stuff out like that. Uh, also, Spotify. I would love to drive my Spotify all the way up to a thousand followers if I can. That'd be fantastic. We're at like three oh five right now. I know it's an aggressive move, but I know you guys can make it. I know you guys can help me get there, right? Just go ahead and follow and then rate the show five stars if you want. That'd be greatly appreciated. Just get me in front of as many Michigan fans as possible. Like I say, this this show is like sitting down with your friend, your most knowledgeable, passionate Michigan football fan at a bar and just watching the game. That's what I strive for. You have all these other choices for people to watch, to get all the inside info on recruiting and all this other stuff. I just want you guys to sit back and enjoy roasting, making fun of the other game, the other teams, all that kind of stuff. That's why my memes are the best. Get my memes out there. I have plenty of memes. I'm making fun of Notre Dame right now. I've got a few really good Notre Dame memes. Get them out there. Have people enjoy them. I mean, it's just what college football is all about, right? It's just sitting back and enjoying the game. Uh, also, there's a new, new uh, app that I'm a part of. It's called autograph that's coming out next week next week i kind of jumped the gun on this one but it's next week i will be uh sending out more uh referral codes and stuff like that as the app drops into the apple app store okay so thank you once again for everything you guys do for me um now let's get into the show <laughs> 